At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Reality is a lot different. You know, obviously, like the organization that I work for isn't going to be located in another country. You know, that's just not, that's just not reasonable. Mm-hmm. And the same can be said for Colonial. But you would still, in theory, be testing yearly. Hey, what happens if I have to do a disaster recovery? Now, disaster recovery doesn't mean a natural disaster. It also means if my shit gets hacked and held a hostage, you know, what do we do in order to make this happen? Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. May God bless America. Well, there are a couple of different ways that you could do this. Number one, I hate this option. You can pay the hackers. Which is and right. that's what Colonial did. Right. Colonial paid $5 million to get their systems released. Is that weird? Is that a weird number to you? No, it's that's not. A, it seems so low. It seems, it seems Austin Powers, you know? Well, you have to remember that these organizations, you're not dealing with mega corporations of evil. You're dealing with a few fucking assholes that happen to be very good at what they do. Yeah, I just didn't know if the number five million when you could have asked for twenty-five million seems weird. Well, you as a hacker, one of the things that you have to recognize is what is the financial benefit of the number you're asking for. Mm-hmm. If it costs, if if it's going to cost you twenty-five million to pay off a ransomware attack, but it's only going to cost you ten million to have to nuke your shit and start over. Gotcha. 10 million makes a lot more sense. But if it costs you 10 million to nuke your shit and start over and these hackers are saying, Hey, pay us 5 million. You're back up and running. That makes more sense from a business perspective. Makes sense to me now too. So the, so the number that they chose to me is most likely a case of, you know, it would be easier for Colonial to pay that amount of money to get their stuff back up and running versus the amount of time, effort, and money it would take to restore their systems to the last known good configuration. Right. So instead of losing months, they lost days. Love it. Now, what does that look like in terms of... Oh, 
what does that look like in terms of um, your system and your your internet security system? I can't say what what level of information security that Colonial has. Right. They could be running top of the line stuff. They could have, they should have dedicated teams that are constantly looking at this information, constantly reviewing mm. it, and and from there acting as appropriate. Right. But one of the things that people need to take into consideration is, is that, you know, there's this, there's this idea out there that, you know, oh, you know, well, they just have, they can only get in if they attack this, this particular device or that's not the way this stuff works. You know, when you think about what a phishing campaign looks like in terms of actual attacking a system or a major institution, your ability to, uh, your ability to actually deal with a particular system looks more like, how do I put this? If you do a campaign, let's say that your goal is I'm going to attack colonial pipeline. You could do this one of two ways. Oops. I happened to magically email one person. They clicked on it. Voila. Or you engineer a campaign that is a, a, a mass company, mass individual, you know, that is, trying to get anybody within the organization to click on. And that's more realistic to what's happening today. That's one of the things that we're constantly fighting is, is that you've got people who try to imitate a higher up or, or a known person in the organization. Right. And the reality is, is is that, you know, in an organization of let's say a thousand people, let's say that there's a thousand people that work for colonial and you send out um, a phishing campaign attack. You don't need like, 5%, 10%, 15% of people to click on the link. You just need one, one person to click on the link and your system is compromised. Yeah. He does it from his phone real quick. He just sees the name, clicks it, you know, boom. Exactly. And what, and just like that, they're in your system. So that's one of those things where like, the idea that the idea that it's like some sort of larger attack is is not always the case. Yeah. The attack itself might be large in scale. Like you you have a, a vast number of emails coming in from a specific location trying to target any number of people. Right. But the reality is is that you know you only need one person to click on that link and and it's over. Yeah. The company is in trouble. So what happened further at Colonial? Because Colonial systems are what I'm going, their, their systems were not segregated. So their financial system was not completely segregated from their, their operating of the pipeline system. Oh, wow. Is what I'm guessing. What Colonial did was they just took all of their systems offline to keep, to keep the hackers from potentially affecting their distribution systems or getting in further. Right. Right. Because the reality is, is that you don't know who you're dealing with, you know, in those initial stages of an attack, you could be dealing with a hacker group. You could be dealing with a nation state actor. Right. You know, unfortunately both of those are a very real possibility this day and age. Mm-hmm. You know, solar winds was the Chinese government. The colonial hack happened to be a, a an Eastern European hacker uh, hacking group. Um, but even they acknowledged they're like, oh crap, we fucked up. The relations between the U.S. and Russia are bad, and so they even put out a statement saying, "Look, we're just pirates, internet pirates. Don't construe our actions as directed by the directed by a particular government." Right. And so, like, you can you can definitely fuck up and manage to get yourself into a world of hurt as a hacker group. Sure. And sure. and and in the days following the hack, we've been able to figure out where their servers are located. So there's that. Whether or not we actually catch the hackers themselves is a whole nother story. Yeah, they've been indicted. And, like you know, so whatever. but it wouldn't matter because Russia it wouldn't Russia wouldn't extradite those people to us anyways. I mean, the rumor is we're not even going to be able to get a former president 
to, to New York to face crimes because he can't be extradited. So how are we going to get a Russian from the other side of the planet here, you know? Right, exactly. So that's that's always fun. Yeah. So, what do, so how from, do we stop? How do we stop them? How do we protect ourselves going farther? That's the thing. How do we stop this from happening? Because that's what... I mean, that's what I'm always wondering is I, I know what happened, but how do we stop it? Like, the answer is, is you can't, you can't, you can't just shut down a pipeline <clears throat> of information, a optical cord stretching across the sea. Like, well, you, you have to think about it as this way. The internet is not just one cable between the United States and Russia. Mm. It's a series of cables between the United States and Europe, the United States, and Africa, the United right. States, and South America, the United States, and Asia, you know, the United States, and like the the internet is a a series of cables and boxes connected all around the world, and are they, are you they can sever the country. They can be yes. Russia has actually um, set it up in such set up their internet in such a way that they can literally cut access to everything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But now here's the problem with that. What if you ended up being able to go to Europe? You literally are unable to use your card. You would have right. to carry cash over there in order to do that. That's right. Do you want to, you know, your phone systems now are not just Incredible. a telephone system. Right. It's, it's all voice over IP now. Mm. That means that calling outside of the country not possible Mm. it just messes it all up the the web is so connected at this point that your option is to either invest in more internet security infosec within your organization to keep constantly researching and evolving your program to make it harder for people to get into your system Mm -hmm. or you could self-isolate you okay. could you could disconnect your systems from the quote-unquote internet at large, right. but that also means that you now have to invest in creating your own system. That would be like, you no know, Colonial would have to have its own fiber optic system that it and only it connects to in order to control all of their different locations, all of their different distribution delivery systems, all of their financial information. You would you wouldn't even nec- you wouldn't even be able to take payment from outside, or you segregate the system so the financial side of the system is connected to the outside world taking payment and able to get all of this information out here, but your operation side of it is only connected to its own internal network and the two systems don't ever talk to each other because they are completely different systems but the reality is uh, the reality of investing in a type of system like that is so expensive that it is cost prohibitive there's just no good way that you could take and isolate yourself in such a way that you could prevent that attack unless the costs of doing it dropped dramatically but that ends up going into the greater question of, is it just colonial that has this issue or does our system at large have this issue? And that in and of itself is uh, a very difficult topic yeah. because the idea of isolating certain systems is, is difficult. Our electrical grid is, is also a series of connections. Oh yeah. Mm. telephone internet electrical it was all made to be done remotely right like everything was well it it was it it became remote it was designed in a way that it was going to be functional and it became remote because we needed it to become efficient right well we needed protections and barriers you know what i mean somebody monitoring the alarms somewhere and and that you know and that's what ended up happening is is that the system became efficient right but at what cost i think it's cool i think i think technology is awesome so then we should just attack the hackers back right like make it make it unpalatable for them to attack us in some way like so well, what do you think laser guided missiles like that would be cool like an automated system that just like shoots a bomb at the at the hacker once we've identified their location. Yeah, that's how that's how you end up starting a war between the United States and Russia. Ooh, let's do that. 
Ooh, you know, there's story. already a war, right? Like Russia is fighting in Ukraine and Georgia, and they're saying we're beating and we beat we beat America in Syria. We're beating them in Ukraine. They think there's a war. Like Russians think there's a war. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, I, I laugh at that because if 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 they really wanted to see a war, they would see something new. Right. It's, yeah, you know, it's funny to me. The propaganda that goes on in Russia <sighs> compared to America, you know, like oh, we've got our own propaganda too. That's we've that's got our own we're, shit. We're all built on that, but we're not saying we're in war with anybody. Chances pretty much because we lose wars now. America well, loses wars all the time, so we just don't admit that we're in them. We're in we an just, engagement. <laughs> we we just happen to I, I we just happen to give more of a shit about con- convention than other countries do. Yeah. Not to say that we give that much more of a shit about it. It's just that we aren't out fucking carpet bombing <laughs> and we aren't out, you know, just I mean, somewhat indiscriminately firing drone missiles at different places, but right. it's it's six one way half and dozen another. It's 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 if we were to see conventional warfare in the style of what we were used to fighting in world war two <laughs> trenches and stuff. Yeah. Mass bombing campaigns, uh, n- no fear of using nukes. Yeah. You would see something absolutely spectacular and that would be the demise of humanity in and of itself. Let's do it. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's go for it. Let's do I it. I don't want to <laughs> let's right. Cause then at least I wouldn't have to go to work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Uh, obviously we we can't we can't bomb ourselves into non-existence so we have to do something about what we have right right and so basically you know what this boils down to is is that the u.s in general needs to invest number one more in information security Mm -hmm. but number two the the battlefield is not necessarily a physical plane anymore as much as it is in the cyber systems so you would say this was an attack on the homeland I would call it an attack on a homeland, but I would not call it a, an organized nation state. But is it, I, an, is it an ISIS style attack? Uh, no, I would say that it wasn't simply because the goal was to get paid. It was not about causing damage. Right. And, 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 and for them, like I said, even the hacking group admitted they fucked up on, on, on who they targeted. Well, sure, but I'm betting that everybody but, with with a shoe bomb said, oh, that was stupid. But the reality is, is that it does expose what the current threat system looks like in, in, in the United States. By sure. being able to shut down a pipeline system, your 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 fuel delivery systems. I mean, we're we're constantly in a state of what happens if the hackers figure out how to shut down the electrical grid. Yeah take out our internet access right exactly. or you know it isn't just about the physical infrastructure anymore you know the idea of bombing a road or a bridge and and making transportation impossible is a, a minor inconvenience compared to taking out our internet systems and taking out our electrical grid sure because you think about everything that you have to use the internet for these days now oh, we've talked about that a little bit Think about everything that you use electricity for. Could you imagine, you know, down in Phoenix, if they suffered a catastrophic electrical Mm -hmm. system hack? Right. The number of people who will die from that heat will become astronomical. Or a hospital system. You know what I mean? Right. Because those generators only last so long. And if you manage to coordinate a fuel system attack that affects the delivery and an electrical system attack, attack that affects the power grid structure you effectively take out an area's hospitals like let me see i i I talked about this with a friend of mine so let me see about let me find this because fire departments police departments the things you could i mean they're in our dam system they're they are in, they are in the damn system <laughs> <laughs> here we go let's see how did i describe this t- to my friend because this was you know she, she had asked me about this and and sure. it was it was should these things be considered go. an act of war though <clears throat> so so the question actually got brought up was you know with this pipeline thing was it because we were focusing on covid instead of focusing on this and i said no oh, the no. two the the two the two things are you know very siloed mm-hmm. um information security and covid have 
very, very, very little overlap. Right. Um, you know, it's basically what I said. It's just that, you know, number one, the previous administration ha- thought Russia was our friend because they had a crush on Putin. And don't forget that China's in on this shit, too. Uh, mm-hmm. COVID wasn't as much of a distraction as it was an excuse. In Iran. Um, oh, yeah. And North Korea. Yeah, of course. You know, when I was doing this, when I was doing my assessments of some of these critical informa- uh, critical infrastructure uh, mm-hmm. systems that we have in place, we had a lot of deficiencies. This was yeah. back in 2016 when I was still a master's student. So this is only five years removed from when I was doing that. These things were at critical capacity then, and there hasn't been any investment in making those things better. Right. Clearly. We have we have CISA. We have CISA, but, you know, it, it's still one of those things where we haven't done enough to guard ourselves and guard others. Right. We're reporting so, We're reporting on the disaster, but we're not stopping the disaster. Right. You know, so really, you know, this was a, this was a decade in the making, you know, with with the different hacks and all of these things. It's just that. You know, the common problem is, is that the government tends to be a little bit further behind usually in addressing these things as opposed to corporations. But even most corporations aren't investing in information security the way that you would want to see. Right. You know, some of the larger corporations have absolutely started investing in it hardcore. And that's starting to show in in some of the other ways, you know, some of the other infrastructure uh, sections. Mm -hmm. We're we're working on addressing that, Um, like in my in my section. That's a, in reality, though, you know, people never thought hard enough that our critical infrastructure would be open to attacks by cyber. Like you know, the reality is, and the reality is, is that if it's connected, it's vulnerable. And that's mm. always going to be the way that it sits. Right. So even if you aren't investing in proper information security tactics and prepping for cyber attacks or cyber warfare, the country who figures out how to disable the other in the event of an attack is already at a significant advantage. It's no different than the physical maneuvers of cutting off supply lines in battlefield tactics. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So even though this isn't a nation state that did this, you have to look at it as a trial run of if a nation state wanted to cut off you know, they just have, you have to figure out how to safeguard these systems in such a way that, you know, they can't keep the system down. Right. That's what I meant by a ISIS style attack. It wasn't Mm -hmm. the ISIS style. It was the lone individual or small group. A lone wolf attacker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know they're going for different things, you know what I mean? But I mean, I don't think that their goal necessarily was to attack the infrastructure as it was to just get paid. So you don't think they shut down? Well, they didn't actually shut down the pipeline. They Colonial shut financial, it down. Right. They stole financial information, they, which caused yeah, the they locked it. out. Right. Yeah, exactly. They locked everything down so that way... They locked everything down so that way uh, they didn't have to, you know. Right, 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 right. Worry about whether or not the whole thing was going to get stolen. But if this was just a small group in Russia, imagine what Russia is doing every day. And what oh, we're doing, what, what, what we should be doing, I, I'm guessing that we have a bunch of guys, bored ass, like servicemen sitting in CISA going, look at how far I got into Russia's infrastructure. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, the idea that we aren't the the idea that we aren't attacking or in anybody else's infrastructure is, is right. I mean, hilarious at most. Exactly. The, re, the 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 idea is how are we how is anybody doing it in a way that they aren't getting caught? Right. You know, the solar winds hack I want to say was oh I forget how long it was I want to say it was like two months or something like that that they that they were compromised. Right. So, or, or, or four months or something like that. There, there, it was a couple of versions of Where it solar just winds. spread through everybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and there it was, you know, you weren't hoping that you weren't, you know, that's one of those, like, it's a non, you know, it's a, like a shotgun, essentially yeah. you, you're, you're, you put out a version you're everybody downloads it and you're just hoping that you know the people that you want to hack Mm -hmm. are are downloading that version so that is you know it's it's not focused but highly effective and then you have attacks that are very focused on specific systems 
Right. You know, we saw that with uh, the Stuxnet virus, which was what um, I believe it was an Israeli uh, virus that was, oh, uh, it was right. either Israeli or it was ours, and I can't, or both. Right. But that was the one that was used to take Iran's nuclear centrifuges offline. Right. Where, you know, it's a very pinpoint attack and you're doing a very specific thing with it. Right. But, and that's what some of the reality that people need to think about is, is, is that the system itself, if it's connected, it's vulnerable. Oh, yeah. So in some way, shape or form, if you don't have your systems disconnected, what ends up happening is, is it makes it more difficult. It makes it, it makes it a, so if your systems are connected, it makes it easier to take down the system. If they're disconnected or there's some type of segregation or separation, it makes it more difficult for the system to be compromised. Right. Is Which there, is why. Is, is there a way to have a, a funnel point for emails that go through a process to be cleaned? You know what I mean? Like all the emails come to colonial pipeline through one point and then they're scanned for viruses and then sent out to ensure phishing elimination that that does exist already okay, yes cool. um most systems have that it's just that you have to remember that you know these systems are reactive not proactive oh, yeah, so these right. so these so these companies you know their their software is constantly updating constantly looking for this kind of stuff right and when it and a lot of it when it get comes in it gets caught and gets filtered out right every time but, you get an update it's because they found something new they need to protect you from exactly but that said you know that update is a reaction to something that has happened right not necessarily something that's been successful that's what that's we're good the, at though america's that, good at reacting not proacting well i mean that in general but even in the information security realm it's like mm. you know it's it is impossible to sit down and catch every hole that exists right, right. and be able to patch it you know that's why if you look at the linux community for example the linux community it, the reason why it's one of the strongest and most stable systems is because linux puts its system out there and says hey have about it if you find a hole send us the patch and there's a right. lot of people out that are like yeah this is a hole here's your fix this is a hole this is your fix. this is a gotcha. hole it's not particularly user friendly right but <clears throat> It is strong and stable. Windows systems, Apple systems are proprietary. And so they don't tend to put they don't tend to put their code out there to be used, to be hacked, to be anything. Right. And so because of that, people tend to hack it just for the fuck of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes sometimes they call attention to it and say, hey, this is a major hole. Sometimes they don't. Yeah, Most of the time they don't. Right. So, you know, this is one of those things where the question is, is what, what should companies be willing to do for the sake of information security and being able to fix some of these issues? Because that's what you're always going to be up against is it's always mm -hmm. going to be reacting to whatever holes exist. Yeah. But your patching is always going to be a reaction to whatever holes exist. Right. And sometimes those holes are... Yeah, they make it a bit, you know, the, the holes are difficult to utilize and you have to know exactly what you're doing. Or there are times when the hole is fucking huge and it's, you know, it's a critical issue. Um, there's been a few of those with like Internet Explorer and ultimately why Internet Explorer has died and become Edge, which is more of a Chrome based uh, browser, but oh. it still sucks. <laughs> Compared to what? Uh, I typically like to use Firefox. Firefox okay. has uh, far more security on it. Chrome is is better, but it's a resource hog. Uh, in it, then it's better than Edge. Uh, Opera can be good. Safari tends to be all right, but it's only because of a lack of use. Right. I recommend. I personally recommend Firefox, but you can get even more secure browsers. But for the general person who's going to be using it. Mm -hmm. Firefox is always my recommendation. Gotcha. You can also you can also find additional tools on there to make your browser more secure. Customize so, it. yep. So that's always a possibility. I like that. Then we taught people something, maybe. 
hopefully but re- <laughs> realistically like when it comes to all of these different you know these different hacks and attacks there are rare there are relatively few cases of people actually brute forcing their way into a system mm-hmm. in order to plant information you're usually looking at something that's a bit more passive and that right. is somebody downloads a corrupted update solar winds or somebody clicks on an email link uh, from somebody that they think they know, but they really don't. Right. And, you know, really, you just have to look and see what, who is sending you something, whether it is actually something that is real, yeah. whether it's someone you actually know. And if you aren't expecting something from someone you know, reach out to them and say, hey, did you happen to send me something? Like, did right. you send me this on purpose? Because this seems a little odd. And a lot of times they're like, oh, hey, no, we did totally didn't send that out. Uh Oh, crap. We got hacked. It makes to me, it makes email seem irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like, I can't trust any of the emails that I don't know that are from people, you know? I mean, I always say that, you know, no matter how lonely or, or how down I might feel, at least there's some hacker out there that's concerned about whether or not I can get my penis up. Right. I get (laughs) tons of messages. Hi, Jason. It's Marie. Is this you? Like, or my personal it. favorite is is the there's one that's going there's been one that's been circling around there for a while where they'll either they either post your name or they post your your password to something and it's something that got hacked a while ago and so they know that that's what your name is or they know that that's ah. what your password was and it says we caught you we caught you watching porn oh, and we're yeah. going to we're going to sell, send your sex tape to your friends and i'm sitting here going what so you so basically it's like the equivalent of just like like you know like that's what that's all you saw okay like oh the- no my friend's oh, brother no. fell for that one. That's so hilarious. <laughs> they're like, oh, oh no! They're threatening to post a. They're threatening to post a picture or a video about me beating my meat to porn. Right. I say, fucking do it, do and it. watch me be like, yeah, I jerk off. What? Any questions? That's so. Funny. No. Okay. What was it? <laughs> you, you, your dirty sex tape and i'm like what yeah. me sitting there looking like you know a fat kid that's excited to see a pizza i mean the one thing that excited me about donald trump it was that he didn't do email so he could never fall for the prince of nigeria scam but i'm almost sure he would have if he had had email you know what i mean he might have fallen for the prince of nigeria scam if the prince of nigeria knew jeffrey epstein <laughs> I just think he could have set up a whole summit based on I'm going to get this money from Nigeria and it's going to save our country. <laughs> oh Christ. That's yeah. how, that's like that Futurama episode. Is it? Yeah, Futurama did an episode about the whole Nigerian prince scheme. It's really funny. And basically everybody just keeps getting like further and further in debt and yeah. because you know, they won the Spanish lottery or you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny, but okay, really, okay. you know, that's you know, all of that is just like, it's scare tactics to try and get you to send money mm-hmm. and, and, you know, or to try and shame you like, like the act of beating it is so shameful. Right. It is to a lot of people. It might be to a lot of people, but I don't do it in public. Yeah. And, and if somebody wants to publicly shame me for beating it, I'm going to be like, okay. Ooh, there's and there's Debbie. Oh, is she ready to join? Are we swapping? <laughs> are we swapping? Jason's like, hey, are you ready to join? <laughs> because I guess I guess somebody asked a couple of questions that might be actually more targeted for you. Uh, uh, Debbie needs coffee. Well, I'm not quite sure if they're geared towards her, but they were female oriented. It was a female oriented question. So let's hear the first question. We actually covered um, we actually covered one without you even realizing it, and it was the cost of mental health. Don't tell me that I'm not that I don't need mental that I you don't tell me I'm not mentally ill that I don't have an issue. You know what right. I mean? Because I do. Right. And we covered that. But the, let's see. Uh, da, 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 I will find it. Oh hi, Bishi. Oh hi, Bishi mental health and 
So a lot of it's Father's Day's coming up, right? Okay. And um, a lot of women and young ladies or kids have had a strain on the father-daughter relationship for one reason or another. And mm -hmm. um, let's see, the dads and they're they're hurt, but they don't want to admit it. They don't want to. They don't want to speak to it. So women with daddy issues during Father's Day. Women with daddy issues during Father's Day. And I don't know if I don't know if Davy has daddy issues. You might have daddy issues. You know, I, I do have, have daddy, daddy issues. issues. I do have daddy issues. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's that's one of those ones where you know, here's like as 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 a stepdad that has had a shitty dad and a shitty stepdad. Right. Like, you know, it's it's one of those things where. If the man is worth celebrating, if the father figure is worth celebrating, then celebrate them. I personally have this issue of days that are specific to individuals. Ooh, Mother's me Day. Too. Me too. Father's Day. Yeah. Valentine's Day. Right. Be 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 thoughtful and romantic uh, on one specific day. Right. You know, that to me is a, that's that's a different issue altogether. Um, me too. No, that's where I was going to go with it. I don't believe Father's Day should be a holiday, just like Mother's Day. I think there should be 365 days of respect. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it should be. Uh, but but really, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like I think when it comes to the whole the health side of whether or not you have a relationship with your father or your stepfather, I mean, it's what it boils down to is. is if they're if they're a great person and you want to do something special for them, do something special for them. You shouldn't need a you shouldn't need a specific day of the year in order to thank someone for being awesome to you. You know, for me, right. for me with the kids, you know, I'm stepdad. Where's where's my stepfather's day? Oh fuck, bullshit. Yeah. No, I don't fucking care. Like my joy is the fact that one kid absolutely loves me to the point of they want to they want to spend their time close to me next to me. They like to be physically sitting on top of me at times because it makes them feel good. It makes them nice. feel comfortable. It makes them happy. I believe that the other one wants to go learn how to longboard with me and wants to chill out and be, you know, just be dudes. Right. Great. That's awesome. You know, it shouldn't take a day for you to realize the connection that you might have with a specific individual. Right. Celebrate it as you want to and as you need to. Don't just like, you know, the the whole commercialized aspect of it is gross. Mhm. Mm you know, I like agree. those those little moments to me of like my oldest wanting to sit next to me and lean on me and ask me questions and talk to me or even just, you know, like she likes to just be physically touching me in some way, shape or form just because it, it comforts her and it makes her feel oh, good. Yeah. I have a friend you know, like that too. Mm -hmm. You know, that means more to me than any father's day card or any, or, or anything like that. I mean, do I appreciate homemade stuff? Absolutely. I've got a, like one of my kids figured out how to make the, the Mario mushroom, the, the power up mushroom uh, uh, in Excel and made that for me for, for father's day. And I, I have that on the fridge. That's you know, it's cool. awesome to me because, because it's, you know, I'm, I love that stuff, but like those memories of me going out and longboarding with one and sitting there and talking with the other it is worth far more to me than any specific day that is supposedly tailored to me. Okay. I, I can say there's extremes when it comes to fathers. There's fathers that you know are dangerous and violent and hurtful and manipulative. Stay away from them. But for your average dad, if you have daddy issues, I just ask that you check in with them every few years, stay yourself and see if they accept you now. Because people change, they grow, they mature, they accept, they forgive. And so sometimes check in with somebody that you let go, but don't hang on to them hoping you can change them, but check in on them and hope that they changed. You know, I've, I've, I've accepted that my dad is who my dad is. You know, my father has been the same person that I've been able to know and observe for the last mm -hmm. 25, 30 years. There you go. And he's not going to change. 
And the idea that I could expect him to change into something else is, is, is a fool's errand. Of course. He hasn't, you know, the only thing that has changed is, is what he has become engrossed in. He went from alcohol <laughs> to religion. The, the level of intensity is the same. Right. You know, one, it's one habit for another. Exactly. You know, is he trying to become a better person? Sure. Does he still have the same selfish tendencies that he's had ever since? Absolutely. And I just come to know and expect that of him. Yeah. And you've accepted that that's who that is. See, it works exactly. both ways. It works both ways. You walk up to somebody and you say, this is me. Do you accept me? And they say, no. And you go, good. Thank God. Cause I don't accept this version of you that doesn't accept me. And you, you feel confident in that. You know what I mean? Giving somebody a chance. I always I, feel confident in giving somebody a chance, but I have no problem going. Thanks. You failed this round to see you next year. You know? you know, that's, that's like my grandmother. It's like, you know, my grandmother refuses to take responsibility for her actions that have, that had done harm to me and my aunt. Mm. And, you know, uh, I, I have heard her apologies a couple of different times they're not apologies. It just basically, I'm sorry that you felt that way and that you were blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, I'm done listening. Thanks for trying. Right. You know, and, and she's never going to change and that's fine. That's why she's not an active member of my life. Right. And you have a, a generous and great, great family. And that's what family is. And, and that's, that's the other thing too, is, is that family, family isn't just, you know, blood might be family, but family isn't blood. <laughs> exactly. You know, I've got people that I call family that I know if, you know, like my friend, Travis, if Travis, if Travis uh, sent me a message today saying, Hey, I need you in, I need you in California. Could you get on a flight? I would be like, I'm there. I'm booking the ticket. There you go. And vice versa, if I ran into trouble up here and I said, hey, man, I could use you, I know he would be on the first flight out. Sure. Because you've got, we've got each other's backs, even if all we do for a while is just send each other stupid memes. But then eventually <laughs> we'll, we'll sit down and talk and it's like we haven't missed a day. Right. You know, and, and that's just it. You know, having those people in your life is important because – you know, the reality is, is that I, I can't necessarily call on much of my family to do that, you know, and say, Hey, I need you. I, I, you know, that's just the reality of it. But so I know like, that you like him because he's there for you. We've been through it together. Okay. Him and I have, you know, and I've been there for some of his worst parts. He's been there for some of mine. But what, and makes, him, what makes him a friend? What makes him a friend is the fact that, you know, he's, he's there to tell me, you know, the truth when I don't want to hear it. And he's there to support me when I hit the bottom okay. and help pick me back up. He, you know, a friend isn't necessarily someone who, you know, is there through the good times. They're there through the rough ones too. <clears throat> but they're, and, there for, and they're there for you. They're there. They're there for you. And they are. I would say that they align. There are people that align with your views of the world. Okay. You know, my buddy Travis aligns a lot with my views of the world in that, you know, we both, it's not necessarily about thinking the same thing. It's that we have a similar approach. I'm, I'm a farm and ranch kid from Montana. He was a ranch kid from California that grew up in San Jose. And sure, sure. you know, it's, our worlds intersect in strange ways, but familiar ways. And so we understand, we have this innate understanding of each other, even though like he wears a cowboy hat and I listen to death metal. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So, so it's one of those things where <clears throat> like, even though the two of us have, you know, some outward differences inward, we both feel act you know and do things very similarly okay. and as and and those things aren't necessarily what drives us to be friends but the fact that you know we've each reached out a hand to each other to help pick each other up at, at the worst of times and been there with each other through the best of times too gotcha so, so it's it's a series of i did for you you did for me i did for you you did for me that built up 
and 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 but but it's it's not just to be clear it's not i did for you so you do for me that's what i'm getting at you know it's it's a it's a selfless act of you know i did for you i did for you i did for you he did for me he did for me i did for him he did for me yeah, I yeah, did for yeah. him. you know you know it's it's, it's not a, it's not just this constant like well i did something for you now you have to do something for me before i do something for you because you know in in the long run when you look at you know humanity in general it's that sometimes you do a lot for a person before they ever do something back for you it's just that when all you're doing for someone is doing stuff for someone and there is no return at all physically mm-hmm. emotionally whatever right that sometimes it's that's when it's time to start looking at you know that relationship and asking you know is this person actually a friend or is this somebody that you think is a friend but they're taking advantage of you right. and you just haven't realized it because maybe the the relationship that you have seems friendly in nature well if you, know, you that's, if you don't expect anything from someone and they don't give you anything that's basic friendship you know what i mean so how can you that's my point is like if you have a friend that doesn't do anything for you but they meet your needs and enough to be call them a friend do you suddenly just say one day hey you don't do for me what i expect a friend to do like what, well, what's you, their, what's their version think, of a friend and what's your version of a friend and can you it's so weird to me i'm a but, barter man system i go with that like we have a friendship that built up over time where we've done things so much for each other where the scale is gone like i don't mm-hmm. even know i don't know if it's balanced or unbalanced we've done so much but other times i have friends that are like well you just you did that for me to make you happy so you know whatever that's what a friend does and i'm like yeah that's true, but I'm not going to spend my life giving, you know, and not getting. But, and- but that's just it, is it? You know, there, that that whole concept of what is friendship. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like you kind of hit it on the head. Friendship is a little bit different for everybody, and exactly. that's that's one of those things where you have to understand the kind of person that you are, and the kind of person that they are. Right. You know, for example, like, you know, some some people are natural givers they will give of themselves until they're dead right some 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 friends are they they're acts of service people some people are emotional support and love some people right. are it, it, you, you it's about knowing the person it's just that universally if someone is a taker and then when you're down on when you're down in some way shape or form and you're like i could use a friend and they're you know unavailable either Mm -hmm. physically emotionally financially whatever right personally i don't like to mix friends and money that's just my thing that's my thing too yeah um you know when when that person is unavailable and but magically they have enough to just take from you you know obviously you don't have a friend you have a leech (laughs) kind of but i mean a basketball makes a horrible snare drum, but it makes a perfect basketball. True, but as someone who's constantly taking of you but not giving anything in return also makes for a terrible friend. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's just it, is is that you know, you have to you have to understand what your expectations are and not put expectations on other people. That's a tough thing, right? Yeah. Exactly, because because you can't you can't be you can't be sitting there giving of someone, and then suddenly be like, well, I expected you to. Well, did you ask them to? Right. Well, yeah. It's no. The, was the deal in advance, or did you plan on telling me about it after I? Did oh, it? oh, yeah. Debbie says ask people versus guess people, and that is a whole subject that. Yeah. Debbie could totally just like take over for an hour about ask versus guess that's that's a fantastic there there that's something for you to do your research on ask people versus guess people i think we talked about that in our conversation um conversational introverts that debbie and i had oh yeah you guys did talk about that conversational introverts but i love talking to debbie about anything that's why i skewed it that way friendship is just it's a it's a weird thing and everybody fits a different role, you know, but mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. If I always say, if you are in a group of 10 surrounded by 10 <clears> givers, <throat> it's wonderful. But if you put one taker in there, suddenly everybody's upset because it's not being shared. 
Like we talked about money earlier. There's a system in where money just transfers and never disappears, but a taker takes it. <laughs> you know oh yeah. I mean? That's just, you know, and that's just, it is, is like, you know, like I, I know that, you know, sometimes, sometimes the balance tends to lean a little heavy for a while in one direction or another, sure, sure. but then all of a sudden that balance then shifts and, you know, you suddenly, you know, you end up being somebody who's getting a lot from someone. Mm-hmm. It all just, you know, it all just depends on the system that you have and, and the question of whether or not you need to distance yourself from someone because you're putting expectations on them right? and you need to figure that out. Or if the person is, you've made your expectations clear and the person just isn't living up to them. Right. And that's, and, and, and really, you know, it boils down to whether it's a friendship, whether it's uh, an interpersonal relationship of, of a work kind, whether it's a, it's an intimate mm-hmm. relationship, you have to be able to talk to each other and you have to be able to uh, communicate with each other and yeah, be open right. about what your expectations are when you're upset, when you're happy, when, yeah. when, 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 you know, Debbie and I, we get along famously, but there are times where I suck at communicating and there are times yeah. when Debbie sucks at communicating Yeah, and then we get pissed at each other for not communicating. And then we finally just like, okay, this is fucking stupid. We need to sit down and talk. Yeah. And then you, you come to realize that all of the things that have built up have been because while well, I sucked at, you know, actually talking to Debbie about something and, or Debbie sucked about talking to me about something, oh. or I sucked at listening to what Debbie was saying. There you you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where communication is what makes or breaks anything. Yeah. Any relationship. Well, I think honestly, the problem is Debbie has a problem with you. And then, so she thinks about it. And so she asks a question, answers it, asks, answers, asks, answers, and has a conversation, but that comes to you and is like, blah, 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 blah. blah. And you're like, I'm not there. I'm on level one down here. Like, you know? and so, Oh, I'm I, notorious. I'm notorious for that. Uh, you know, and that's one thing that I've actually been working on is, is that me too. I address it immediately and people think that I've put thought into it, but honestly, I want to be on the same level as you. So when something happens, I'm like, Hey, that just happened. Right. And you're like, yes. And I'm like, good. I put no thought into that question. Why? You know, <laughs> you know right. And for me, it's just like, you know, I, it's something that, you know, Debbie has said to me and they've said, you know, this is something you need to work on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start trying to work on this. And then, and then finally got to the head. It's like, you need to work on this. And so part of my issues is exactly that. It's like, I ask a question, I answer the question mm-hmm. as if I'm answering as if, as if it's Debbie answering the question. Right. Right. And that's how I dug myself into a stupid fucking hole is rather than, you know, communicating with Debbie and saying, Hey, this is what I'm feeling and I'm experiencing. Right. And Debbie being like, okay, you're fee- you know, you're entitled to your feeling, but it's wrong. <laughs> right. But let's talk about it from the start there. <laughs> you know, you know, no, you don't do that. But like, but, but in this, but in our communication style, it's, you know, actually being able to put it out there and yeah even for me like part of my problem is has been that growing up there was always a fight a verbal fight of some sort (laughs) right and so so for me it's like whenever i needed to actually address you know hard conversations right i was used used to whatever was about to be difficult was about to be a fight exactly and i think most people are like that billy hold on I do think people work, they have to work themselves up to confront somebody. And so, yeah, they get a certain amount of anger in them to address it. And then, so when they're finally communicating, they're coming off in a way because they realize how stupid it is that they have to get angry to communicate with you. And that whole process with somebody is just so weird when if you address it immediately, you're both in the same confused state. And I did that with my wife all the time. I would be like, I hate this, blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, what are you talking about? And I'd be like, oh yeah. So this happened. And then I got mad at this and she's like, what? And I'd be like, all right, so this, and I, you know, and I'd bring her back to level one. And then she'd be like, all right, now I understand what you're saying. Let's talk about what you expected me to do to fix that. 
oh nothing i guess you know like <laughs> right you know or you know the this whole the whole issue of just being able to have a conversation with someone yeah it, it, it's especially like you know like when you're not confrontational or, or or when you are confrontational in nature but you mm-hmm. have someone who isn't it's like i can get very loud and very passionate and yeah, Debbie yeah. can get very loud and very hyper focused and very straightforward. And the reality is, is that if we come together with the understanding that we're going to have a productive conversation about whatever our feelings are, what's what's happening with us, I know or around not, us. I know you're not going to walk out, right? Not, not, but not even that. It's it's that I know that you're going to listen. Mm-hmm not just to respond, but we're going to listen to each other. We're going right. to take into account each other's feelings, each other, each other's points of view, because quite frankly, like there are things that, you know, the way that Debbie interacts that if you think about any other person, you'd be like, Oh God, something's, something's going on. But then when you think about how Debbie is, it's like, this is how Debbie does Debbie. Right. And it's like, okay, I need to take my feelings and my expectations of what this is and understand that this is mine mm-hmm. and not place that on Debbie. Right. And that's been, that has been, and, and quite frankly, that has been my learning curve lately. We do do that with people, right? A lot. Like, this is my problem and it's your fault because you're here to listen to me. And yeah, I had that issue the other day and I was just, I just, I freaked out for a separate reason and my friend was there and caught it. And, but we talked about it and I was like, no, that was my was issue. It, you know, like what that is was it, my issue. Debbie, what is it that you've been saying? It's not my job to manage your feelings. Yes. We talked about that a couple episodes ago and I may, I actually titled it. This is my, this is my feeling and I own it now. Can you help me? Yeah. It? <laughs> and I think that's, and that's one of those things like, you know, yeah, exact of reception bias. And that's mm-hmm. Oh, what is it? Perception bias? Okay. The way that you perceive me coming off, right. You know, isn't my problem. Isn't my yeah. Right. How you think I'm act I'm not mad at you, that's just me. Yep. Right. Yeah, like if I'm being a dick to you on purpose, that's that's my job. Right. But if you perceive me as being a dick to you, that's your responsibility. Right, if I'm just being me. I tell people that all the time. No, I'll tell you when I'm upset. Like I'm not upset, you know. Yeah. So so and that's that's something that I've really had, you know, that granted it, you know, the therapist that I work with hasn't quite expressed it that way. Um that's been my recent focus on on learning is yeah you know what am i perceiving and how is that you know my problem right you know I and and then that's and that's a lot of it is is that there are certain things that i have perceived from debbie and when i sit down and talk to debbie about it debbie looks like i'm just, just absolutely fucking blindsided like where yeah. in the fuck did this come from story of my life everybody and and the life. same thing has happened with and the same thing has happened with with debbie to me you know and it's just like okay we're both like yeah owning your feelings about something sure Unless you have a microphone, Debbie, this is worst podcast ever. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, so it's, it's definitely really interesting in that. Yeah. It's something that we all have to be better about learning. And it's all yeah, something yeah. we have to be willing to explore and grow in. And it's, I have done a terrible, I have, I have historically done a terrible job at this. Right. And, and I am, striving every day to do better because now that I have started to learn that mm-hmm. I feel as though I have been able to number one, clear a lot of the shit that was in my head. That was of my making and my doing right. And get that out. I just and I get feel like it's my... left me open to, to be more communicative with, 
you know, with Debbie, with my oldest, with my youngest, you know, it's, it's something that I, now that I have started to learn it, I wish I would have started learning it longer ago. Yeah. I had, because, to, I had to get rid of the judgment portion of it. Like your initial reaction to something is often judgment. And if you can just eliminate that and pay attention and to the situation, mm-hmm. you can you can often get past a lot of uh, anger that people have. Yeah. And so it's, you know, as you know, that's just one of those things. Learn, learn what's yours, learn what isn't yours. Yeah. And, and, and that's just it is is that you can't learn some of that without talking with the person right like you know when when debbie gets hyper focused and gets intense sometimes debbie sounds angry right but debbie's not actually angry (laughs) she's focused and and debbie doesn't and debbie doesn't think that they're angry right and so it's like that's on me that's on me like, right. why am I perceiving that anger? Why, why am I perceiving that anger? What issue do I have to work on? And, and that's, you know, we got to stop placing things on other people and start focusing on ourselves. And we have I'm, to stop and I'm taking, working on them. We have to stop taking things on that don't belong to us. If Devi mm-hmm. is angry, but has nothing to do with you, you shouldn't get offended that she's angry and talking to you a certain way right you should be a part of the solution and not assume that you're being attacked by somebody who's just upset and and that's and that's just it is is is, you know if devi is upset but devi is not upset at me you Mm -hmm. know what capacity does devi want me there exactly and and be willing to be willing to listen not to respond necessarily unless devi wants a response right I like to say asking, asking. Do you want me, Debbie's like, do you want me to give you advice or do you want me to just listen? Right, exactly. And you only find out by listening, by the way. Exactly. And, you know, or, or as the classic is the classic that my grandparents always used to say, my grandfather would say is, well, God gave you two ears and one mouth. It's because you're supposed to do twice the listening and half the talking. Sure. But we always get offended and we always want to come up with the solution. A lot of times it's not about that. It's about the listening, you know? And that's, and that's something that I hope that I've gotten better about knowing Mm -hmm. that I have more work to do. And also for the record, the answer isn't immediate. A lot of times you have to let somebody talk about it and repeat it and repeat it until they understand what doesn't make sense about it until, oh, they, God. until they realize, oh, this is where my error in thinking is. And you're just there to go, are you sure that's accurate? Maybe, there's, like, you know, there's been a couple of times where, where Debbie's had to be like, listen, we're going to call this conversation for the night because we're both right? tired yeah. and this is just going to go in the wrong direction if we don't stop for tonight. Yes. That and that's, sense. you know, and so, and sometimes that is the acceptable answers is that you're both, you're, you're tired, you're exhausted, you've done some labor yeah. and you're at the point of just like, yeah, knowing, knowing your limits and your boundaries, even just on a physical sense can help you with the mental side of things. Yeah. And you, you, you're not both wrong. Like I, like I always say, if I'm looking at a, a map of water of the United States and you're looking at a map of bird pad migration patterns, we're not wrong in what we're talking about. We just have different perspectives on the, on the environment around us. And we need to process a lot of people need to process this stuff, but I do want to say like, it's important. I always see life as a dinner table. If I'm in your life and you're not telling me where to sit, that I'm standing in the corner waiting and I'm confused. But if you, if you sit me down and say, can we talk? Then I know where my role is. And that makes it easier for me. Mm -hmm. I need you to help me fix this. Okay. That's a different role. You know? So, right. But but I don't take that on my myself. Now I don't assume that when people say, Oh my God, I need this. They're coming to me saying specifically from you, I need it. What I hear Mm -hmm. them saying is this is my problem. This is what I think the help would look like. And maybe, you know, somebody, but not necessarily on me. I had, I don't have to go above and beyond myself to help people. Sometimes, sometimes that means it's their problem and I'm just there as support. Other times it's my life lesson and no, you got to know right. the difference there, you know? Right. 
So oh, I love you. Do you have any anime suggestions? Jujutsu Kaisen. You're absolutely fucking awesome. kidding me. You're no. fucking kidding me. That's what I've been watching. That's what that was I love be my it. recommendation. These these uh curses and everything. Oh, it's fantastic. I, I I need to catch up on it because I best of friend. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's been watching it too. I'm still, in the, I'm still in the first season though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, same, same, same. I need to watch number two. So that's awesome. Well, I'm so happy about with that. that. With that, love you. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And you can find Public Access America on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Red Circle, Radio Public, Overcast, and more. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you beat. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Audible, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 